Warning, the following podcast may contain some fits of extreme nerd rage, especially when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. As such, there may be a few colorful pieces of language thrown around. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to Shemanator Productions. I am, of course, the Shemanator himself, your host with the most, James Shemo, and I am joined by two of my very, very good friends. Starting things off, I want to welcome Mr. Brenton McPherson to the show. Brenton, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing well. You know, the the weather outside may be a little dreary, a little wet, a little crazy around where we're at, but you know what? It's not putting a damper on my spirit. I am still ready to be here and talking about the world of professional wrestling. And, of course, in addition to Brenton, we also have our good buddy, the one and only Mr. Ryan Payne, Caramel Mountain himself. Ryan, how you doing, man? I am fantastic. I mean, whenever there's a good day, it's just start talking wrestling. I always think it's great. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've got a lot to discuss here today. Uh, Shockwaves for lack of a better term, have rippled their way through the wrestling world. Um, The first big departure, really, uh, from AEW has occurred. Now, obviously, we we got word of, like, people getting, like, quietly kind of released from their AEW contracts before Jimmy Havoc, when that whole situation was going on, uh, B. Priestley, whenever she had her little cup of coffee there, along with a few others. But this is the first really big situation where um, a contract, I don't want to say dispute, but contract negotiations uh, really kind of fell through. And it has led to arguably the departure of what I would say is uh, one of AEW's, you know, one of the biggest pieces of their foundation in terms of uh, their uh, management structure, as well as their on-camera talent. Uh, the one and only American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, along with his wife Brandy, have parted ways with All Elite Wrestling. Um, so yeah, this came right the hell out of nowhere. I mean, we'd heard when this whole you know ladder match thing with Sammy Guevara was going on. We saw uh, there was a video that AEW put out where Cody basically said, yeah, the whole idea of me working here without a contract is real. I'm basically working on a handshake deal right now. Apparently, the two sides could not come to terms on an agreement, and therefore, Cody and Brandy have gone their own way, and now speculation is running rampant, especially with WrestleMania on the horizon. I'm going to go to Brenton first on this one. When you first heard this news about Cody and Brandy, you know, walking away from AEW. First and foremost, what was your first thought when you heard this? And then when you started digging deeper, what kind of what kind of opinion did you kind of draw on this whole situation? Um, I first I thought it was some KFA bullshit. I think um, we all because just for the simple fact that I mean he was one of the EVPs and he's yeah. also one of the ones that started the company. So it, it it just didn't add up, especially with him coming off that, you know, insane ladder match um, with Sammy. I mean, and yeah, he, he said that, he, you know, that he was working pretty much as a handshake deal and they were, you know, talk and they were in talks and, you know, negotiation and saying all that, all, all that other stuff, you know, and I just figured, you know, that some, 
idiot out there is like, oh, I'm going to make everybody think that Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW. And I was just like, oh, this is a bunch of crap. And then as I started looking into it, I was like, oh, shit, this is real. And whenever I, whenever it came, like, whenever I finally realized that it was real, my first thought was just, oh, my God, I cannot believe one of the founders of this company has left the company just a few years after it started. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and, you know, I was just like, I was at a loss for words. I still am. Because it doesn't seem like it. it's real. Like, it, it, it's really, it's one of those weird things in wrestling. Kind of like, you know, Ric Flair jumping shit from WCW to WWF or Hulk Hogan jumping, you know, jumping shit from WWF to WCW. It, you know, with Cody's, you know, with the, that name, you know, the Cody Rhodes name and the draw that he can bring in, it's like just wow. Yeah. Um, you made a very, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you made a really interesting point there. Like the name Cody Rhodes, it's not just the Rhodes name anymore because for so long that name was synonymous with like Dusty and Dustin and, you know, just. The whole yeah. Rhodes family. Cody has really made a name for himself as Cody Rhodes, and he's built a lot of equity into that name. And you got to figure that's going to be a huge bargaining chip wherever he decides to go next. Yeah, it, it it's it's just like I said, it, it 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 took it threw me for a loop. Um, still trying to process it. Um, you know, and then you know with the whole. What's happening next, which we'll get into, you know, it, it's like, I don't, I, it, it, I don't, like I said, I'm just at a loss for words with it. It, right. it took everybody, I think it took the whole, it took the whole wrestling world by storm. Uh, like I said, uh, seismic shockwaves definitely felt throughout uh, the pro wrestling landscape. Ryan, I want to go to you next on this one. Again, kind of what were your initial thoughts when you first heard this story? And then as you dug deeper and as more and more news outlets started reporting it and seeing the posts on Cody's own Instagram and Twitter and posts from Brandy and things like that, what what thoughts kind of started going through your mind as this whole thing transpired? I'll be honest. I am still having a difficult time trying to grapple this because – with today, with with wrestling, especially with wrestling fans, it's really hard for us to. It's really hard for us to look at something and uh, really take it at its word entirely. Now, Cody and Brandy, it shows that they're they're showing that they are one hundred percent earnest and serious about this. That they just couldn't find a deal, just couldn't be worked out to keep them around. And I, I'm kind of surprised that he's leaving too, especially with all of the TV deals that Cody has been working around, that Cody has in his pocket, and especially with Brandy herself. Um, uh, it felt to me like they could still be with AEW and you know even not and not even have to wrestle maybe uh more than like a hundred days. So learning that this handshake deal means that Cody can maybe just show up on one dynamite and then that's it. He, he won't show back up again for, for the rest of the year. And it's difficult, too, because Cody, because right at the start, Cody looked like he was, the, especially in his little program with Sammy Guevara, 
it looked like he was teasing something. Like he was setting something up down the road to get the fans invested in. So it's really difficult for me to real um have my full thoughts on this because a part of me is hoping that okay, maybe Cody, he's not swerving the fans, but he's just you know he's leading everybody on, you know, have him disappear for a couple months, then he shows back up on the build to all out, and then you know, he'll be you know working on and off, maybe doing what he wanted to before, you know, uh go to New Japan, maybe wrestle up there. Uh whenever Ring of Honor Hopefully, if they start getting their doors back open again, maybe he'll go down there and work with Ring of Honor. You know, I think I honestly believe Cody can offer his talents anywhere else than all these um, rumors saying that he's going to go to WWE. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people are are running with those rumors again until I know something definitive. Obviously, we got a couple of teases this past week on Raw, from what I understand. About, you know, obviously uh, Edge dropping the word undeniable, I believe, at one point uh, in yeah. his promo. And, of course, a lot of people thought he was going to end up showing up as the Miz's tag team partner against the Mysterios. Uh, obviously, that turned out to be a giant swerve, and a lot of people were pissed. Um, Most people right, thought he was going to take Bobby Lashley's place at Elimination Chamber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people were were arguing that as well. And here's, here's my whole thought on it. Like, obviously, whatever... Cody and Brandy decided to do. Obviously, they felt like it was in the best interest of not only them, but their daughter as well as the entire rest of their family. So I personally like to think maybe these guys are just taking some time off. Maybe they they just want to walk away. Maybe they've hit burnout a little bit, you know, and maybe they just want to, you know, be new parents and spend that time at home, like actually being parents rather than being on the road 90% of the time the way that Dusty was. Maybe they want to do things a little bit differently. Um, you know, part of me likes to think that maybe again, this is all just one giant work and in another couple of weeks or if not months, heck, maybe Cody Rhodes enters in as the surprise, you know, entrant in the face of the revolution ladder match on, on Sunday, March 6th, you know, uh, there's, there's a couple of different ways that I, I view this could be used as one giant angle to make a massive, you know, storyline out of it. And again, I guess that's the conditioning that I've had as a wrestling fan for the last number of years. Yeah. Because again, we, we as wrestling fans are very jaded. We're also very cynical. We are not ones to take things that come up in the pro wrestling news stories like this at face value. We're always questioning. We're always speculating. We're always digging for, you know, deeper meanings or deeper truths or anything like that. So I feel like it's only natural based on, again, the, the carny nature of the pro wrestling business, or at least its origins, that fans will do that from time to time. But at the same time, you know, when you've got all the evidence piling up that, no, this is a shoot, it's hard not to kind of take a look back and say, wow, that really stinks. Because, again, Kenny Omega even talked about this on Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave Meltzer that one of the big driving forces behind AEW in those early days, one of the ones who really believed in it and really was pushing for, you know, the revolution as it were was Cody. But then he even also in that same interview recognized that, you know, plans change, feelings change, priorities change. And maybe that same passion that he had going into it, maybe wasn't reflected in, his his feelings, you know, now that his contract had come up. So 
Uh, again, we can we can sit here and speculate all the live long day yeah. about where Cody Rhodes is going, about what his next plans are, about what is next for Brandy. Uh, is he going to go to the WWE? Is he going to you know put the face paint on with Stardust again? Is he going to get jobbed out if he goes back there because he led this revolution against them because he took too many shots? All of those are questions that we could very easily spend a massive amount of time on in this episode. Um, but all I will say for my part is uh, Cody, Brandy, whatever the two of you decide to do, whatever you your next plans are, um, I wish you nothing but continued success. If this journey that you're on eventually leads you back to AEW, I won't be upset. Uh, if it leads you back to WWE, I won't be upset either because obviously you feel like it's what's best for you, what's best for your family, what's best for business. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, that's all the more anyone can ask of either of you. So um, as a fan, thank you for starting this revolution. Thank you for getting AEW up off the ground. Thank you for creating a an alternative that actually has for the last number of years showed that it has staying power and it has something new to offer other than, you know, a bunch of people performing for an audience of one septuagenarian senile old man. Um, and once again, wherever you choose to go next, I wish you guys nothing but success and hope to see you in the ring, at least Cody sooner rather than later. Uh, Ryan, uh, any other thoughts to add on this whole situation? Well, I mean, I share the same thing as you, man. Uh, look, whatever happens with Cody, I will be, you know, I, I will have, I will be keeping my eyes open with a lot of interest in what he's going to do. If he decides he wants to, you know, wrestle around the world, you know, be on the road, then I'm going to be happy to see him do that. You know, I mean, I understand like what you said, the Rev Cody. Especially when AEW was starting, when Cody was to, when he was part of Ring of Honor, New Japan, he and Impact, he was reinvigorated. He was passionate about wrestling. So when he Kenny the Bucks had started AEW and got Tony Khan to be their backer, it definitely looked to me that Cody, I won't say he got carte blanche, but it looked like he found the key to open that door to really revolutionize wrestling. And you're right. Plans do change, especially once you start doing live TV shows. I mean, not everything you're going to want to put through is going to work with the fans. That's that's one of the 50-50s, the double-edged sword of live audiences. You want them to be with you in the revolution. But then at the same time, when you're dealing with wrestling fans like ourselves, who are very, um, well, like what you said, dated, cynical, or even sometimes just having a heart or just, you know, or too old enough to buy the kayfabe anymore, even though... At this time, I mean, as much as I deplore WWE, you know, going to fix something that they broke, I do give them some credit by trying to maintain a semblance of kayfabe, at least. And I understand with Cody, he wanted to do the same thing, but the difference was he was speaking, his, his target audience were those wrestling fans that just looked past the kayfabe, that passed the kayfabe. They, even though they believe, yeah, heels, faces, Sometimes the fans just wasn't behind the face that Cody or the Bucks or Kenny or Tony Khan wanted to put forward, so they had to change them heel, and the fans love them. Sometimes there's a heel the fans just don't get behind, and no matter how hard you want to see a certain wrestler of yours get on top or you know be in the spotlight, you do have to admire that at least 
from what they were trying to do. They, despite some of the misfires and some of the downs, they did in the short time Cody's been a part of it. Some stars were made out of AEW. Will they tell now with Cody leaving? Who knows? Because he did have some close relationships at AEW. He did had some projects at the time. Um, because because every time Cody was in a feud. He was so focused on like really trying to highlight whoever he was against, whether if it was MJF, Jericho, QT Marshall with the whole uh, split of the nightmare factory. Um, uh, even his little thing, with the, even his, his run with the TNT championship, he was so focused and he really tried his best to give the best wrestling product to fans. And sometimes the fans just were like, no, give us what we want. I don't want to see my favorite wrestler so-and-so lose to you, you know, it, it's just unfortunate when you want to paint a master. When, when you want to paint a story, you want to paint every chapter so the fans can look back and go, I was there. I was with you on that. And this was a beautiful chapter. But because wrestling, sometimes these fans and like my and I'll be guilty of myself. We see the short term. We don't see down. We don't we don't we don't look towards the future because with wrestling. Anything can happen, honestly. A, a, dis- a wrestler can say something backstage that, unfortunately, someone catches ear of. Someone's pe- their past can be brought back up, and it, it ends whatever momentum they were on. Um, or, you know, they can get hurt in the ring, and whatever plans that was for them in the future aren't been put on hold. Not everyone can recover. Wrestling is one of is def- is without a doubt a chaotic sport, to where you just have to hopefully plant your feet on the ground try to not fight against the current, but to find a way to work with it and maybe against it to where you can be where it benefits you. And for Cody, it just didn't look like it was benefiting him any longer. If he decides to stick around AW, maybe just in a producer capacity, you know, with that handshake deal is just rep for wrestling. I'll be happy with it. I will admit if he does go to WWE, I will keep my eyes on what they do with them for at least the first three to four months, and then afterwards, I'll just see what I'll just see what hold, what else holds for him. Yep, that's pretty much all the more you can do. Uh, Brendan, any final thoughts on the Cody and Brandy situation before we move forward? I mean, kind of like what what you said. You know, I just wish them nothing but the best. Um, you know. You know, I'll miss seeing him in AEW if, you know, unless, you know, if this is just a, just, you know, them taking a break and he comes back to AEW, then I'll be excited, you know. But if he goes to, you know, to New Japan, Impact, or if he goes to all these other places and does stuff, I'll be happy to see him do that. You know, if he goes to WWE, I'll keep an eye on, like Ryan said, I'll keep an eye on it just to see if they use him correctly. Um because you know, I'm a huge, I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan. Um, I was when he was in WWE. I was even a Stardust fan, just because of who it was. Um, so, like I said, I like I just wish him nothing but the best. Um, you know, whatever decision he, him, and Brandy make for themselves and their family, um, I will back. You know, I'm gonna be right there, 100 cheering them on. So, absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of departures, you know, uh, as in all things, you know, life is very much a, a cyclical kind of thing. So whenever there is a departure, there must also be new arrivals. And on this week's Dynamite, boy, did we sure get one heck of an arrival. Uh, the former Buddy Murphy, now Buddy Matthews, 
making his debut and quite an impact at the at the very you know beginning here, aligning himself with the House of Black, with Malachi Black, with Brody King, and just taking it straight to Penta and Pac uh, after that match. First of all, great match that these guys had. Love the the finish where Penta blocked the mist and caused uh, Malachi Black to kind of choke on it, allowing uh, Pac to roll up Brody King for the win, I thought was great. Or not Brody King, but Malachi Black for the win. And then, again, the beatdown angle and everything. And, again, playing off the history of the last little bit that they had in WWE when, quote-unquote, when Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy had their little feud. And then, again, swerving them to... Uh, swerving the audience to is like, oh, you thought these guys were going to be at odds with each other? Uh, uh, uh. No, these guys are working together. Uh, I thought it was really well done. Uh, I cannot wait to see what Buddy Matthews does in AEW. The guy looks jacked to the gills. He looks awesome. And I am personally very, very excited to see what he can bring against a whole new crop of talent. Guys like Pac, who I don't really think he ever got a really – good run with or even an opportunity to show what he could do against someone like him in WWE. Uh, you know, someone again, give him no holds barred with Brian Danielson with guys like Darby Allen. I am so on board for this. Uh, Ryan, what were your thoughts uh, watching this and seeing this transpire? And what do you think the future holds for Buddy Matthews in AEW? Well, I think for Buddy, honestly, uh, I, I I I truly believe he's finally going to be able to not just wrestle, but he's going to be able to work because because uh, one thing for certain, um, with uh, everyone knows about his stint on Two Hundred Five Live. I mean, as be- as jumbled and as uh, mismanaged as that program was with the cruiserweights, I did enjoy the matches that he put on against guys like uh, Rich Swan, Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander. Uh, Tony Nese, I mean, even against Pac and uh, Gentleman Jack, like he showed when you give him an assignment, you give him something to work for in the ring, he's able to work and put, and he showed he, he can go 100%. I'm a little, I was disappointed in what they did with him later on. I mean, I thought his little uh, rival, that those constant battles he had with uh, Aleister Black at that time, I thought was going to lead to something big for both of them. But I mean, obviously, Buddy prospered from it because he got to be with Seth Rollins, but then they re- they relegate him down to a stooge. Um, that being said, though, I am looking for, I am really excited. I'm, I'm actually curious and excited to see where he's going to go because I like that stare down. You just see the, when those lights went off and he showed up, just his body language, like at first looking at black, you couldn't tell exactly what he was going to do. If he was just going to stand there and let Black and Brody leave the ring, or he was just going to circle them like a shark. And then once, and then the quick turn he did on attacking Pac and Penta Oscuro, like you, that, that really looked like a madman who's like in a straight jacket. And then you take the straight jacket off and he just goes wild. And you definitely can see um, with Malachi Black kind of like as a, I don't know, sure about a leader, but just more of a, Kind of like a proto, a proto captain in a way, you know. Like Buddy doesn't need to work with him, but he's aligning himself with him. Despite what the commentary tried to pull off, like they they tried to do this whole thing where Buddy has a conscience and he's not sure working with Black. No, Buddy, if looking at his body language in that ring when he hold Penta, 
up for that little when you hold Penza up for that little uh chair like foot that you know that little suicide chair stomp. He wasn't conflicted. That was just more of he was waiting, waiting for the opportunity for Black to say go ahead. Buddy Matthews just from this introduction looked like this is a man who wants to fight. And I think aligning him with Black and Brody King is good because now, I mean, I can't wait to see him wrestle on Dark and Dark Elevation, him getting the him getting those reps in, seeing him on Rampage and Dynamite, that's for sure. Yeah, it will definitely be an interesting turn of events to see what plans they have long-term for Buddy Matthews. Could we maybe see an interesting program between him and Sammy Guevara for the TNT title? I'd personally be down for that 100%. Uh, Brenton, your thoughts on the debut of Buddy Matthews and uh, the impact you think he's going to have on AEW going forward? Um, I'm marked like a bitch. <laughs> um, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, right. a huge, huge Buddy Matthews fan. Uh, thought he was underused in WWE, like, ridiculously. Um, to be fair, that could be used to describe half their roster. Well, yeah, be a good point. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, I'll – because when lots went out, I was like – I was sitting there and I was like, okay, who could it be? Because I would I, – I, that was the last person, I think. And whenever the lots came back on to him, I was – I just was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And uh, I just was freaking out. Um I do think that AEW will use him correctly as we've seen them use certain, you know, wrestlers that have come in. They've used them correct, you know, they use them correctly, whatever, in whatever way they may be, um, you know, an exception of a few, but for the most part they have. Um, but with, with Buddy Matthews, he's just got that it factor. Yeah. He's got the look. He's got the skill. And honestly, if you give him a mic, he's not a bad talker either. No, he's, he's actually very decent on the mic. They just know. never gave him the chance. Right. You know, they, and that, that's what irritates me because whenever he was in WWE as Buddy Murphy, whenever he was in the tag team with uh, Wesley Blake, let's take you on, you know, let's take some, let's take the people back, you know, way back in NXT, mm -hmm. you know, in NXT when they were a tag team. You know, and I would be talking about it. I'd be like, this Wesley Blake guy, I don't even, you know, he, I don't think he'll, no offense to him, you know, I just don't think he'll really do much. I said, this Murphy guy, this dude has it all. I said, this guy's a future champion right here. You know, if it was up to me, I'd have put a rock in his ass and skyrocket him to the top. That's just me. Um, I would love to see him like you, you know, him and Sammy have a little thing for the oh, TNT yeah. championship. Oh my God. Can you imagine the matches? Just, oh. you know, oh my Lord, it'd be ridiculous. Um, but like I said, I was, you know, more than ecstatic to see him in AEW. I've been waiting for it. I was, you know, hoping, hoping, hoping that it would happen and it finally happened. Um, so now I just look forward to seeing whose ass he's going to whip. When he gets in the ring for the first time, you know, in a match. So we are seeing him yeah. whoop Penta and Pac's ass, you know. But when he actually gave him a match, you know, and they let him take off, 
it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be nuts, and I cannot wait. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. Speaking of cannot wait, there was there is one other thing on uh, in regards to AEW Dynamite this week that I wanted to bring up because I felt like it was so important, so crucial, not just to the feud as a whole, but to making this upcoming pay-per-view must-watch. Uh, and that was MJF's promo leading into his dog collar match against CM Punk at Revolution on Sunday, March the 6th. Um, this promo was like all the chef's kisses you could ever offer. Like this was great. And the way that MJF played it was, was so good. It showed that he has the range to cut a babyface style promo. He doesn't have to be a dick the entire time. Granted, he was still a dick as he was giving this promo, but this reeked of just frustrated babyface looking for sympathy from the crowd. And he started to get it. talking about, you know, going to, to school and being, you know, picked on and this and that, and not really fitting in, trying out for football and actually making the team, making the cut and then to still have his teammates, who he thought were going to end up being his friends, teasing him for being Jewish, throwing quarters at him and telling him to pick it up, like so stereotypically racist. And then to say, you know, I'm going to go, you know, I, I, I went home and I cried, but I, I immediately cheered up because I remembered it was Friday and I was going to see my hero, CM Punk. And then in 2014, when I decided to get into the wrestling business, my hero left me. And I was so disappointed. And then to turn that around and say, you know what? I'm not going to be a pro wrestler. I'm not going to be better than the best in the world because of CM Punk. I'm going to do it in spite of CM Punk, my hero, my idol, who let me down and basically threw me away like I meant nothing to him. And, and then when Punk came out at the end, when MJF was done, and you could see a single tear coming down the, the left half of MJF's face when the camera was on him, right? And just to have Punk go, hey, what you just said, is that true? And then to just have MJF mouth, oh yeah, it's true, and then just walk off without saying another word, not even getting on the mic and not even allowing Punk the opportunity to explain or anything like that. Holy hell. Like, I just, if I wasn't in, already invested in this storyline, this promo did it. This promo would have been the one that hooked me. So... Uh, Brenton, I'm going to go to you first. I know because you have a special place in your heart for CM Punk as well. Did you kind of resonate with this? A little bit. From MJF, the feeling. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, especially for the first part of 2014 when he left, uh, you know, it was kind of just like, what the, what the hell, man? Like, you're the reason I watch this. You know, you're the reason I love this, you know, I love professional wrestling. You know, people who have listened, you know, li listened to this podcast and to the first time listeners, you know, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, CM Punk is and always will be my favorite professional wrestler of all time. Um, and, you know, I've been fortunate and have gotten to meet CM Punk and he's a great, just super guy. And, you know, it did resonate with me with a little, you know, a little bit. And, you know, 
I, I was sitting there watching and I was just like, I get, I, I, I actually agree with MJF, you know, a little bit on this. Like, like, dude, you left us. Like, you know, and I d- did have some, you know, I did have sympathy. You know, as a fan, you know, you're like, this guy's a dick. I do not want to have sympathy for this asshole. But you did. And in all honesty, out of all the promos MJF has cut, and believe me, he has cut some absolutely incredible promos. Facts. That is, without a doubt, in my opinion, the best promo he has cut to date. I'll agree with that. It was just—it was so raw, and it was, it was so raw and real that, it, you know, I, you know, if you had to turn on the TV and you'd never watched it, I think, in my opinion, if you had never watched AEW Day in Your Life, you turn on the TV and that's the first thing you see, you're gonna think that he's a babyface. Exactly. Just the promo, yeah, without a and doubt, it, it goes to—you know—it just shows that MJF can be a babyface. You know. Do I think they will do that? That's a whole other topic. But right. when it comes to this, and with and the, the fact that CM Punk comes out and goes, "Is that true?" Like, and it's like, "Is that true?" And MJF really showing actual emotion. Personally, I believe that was real emotion. I agree. I like like there's certain things you just can't fake, like doing the the single teardrop deal without some kind of Hollywood movie magic trickery. Like that's extremely difficult to do. I know as a as a theater major who's who's had to cry on stage before and had to go to that place. It's not easy, and for him to be able to do that in front of a live crowd, like he had to be drawing on some real emotions. Whether it was the bullying thing, whether it was his real emotions when Punk left, or just a combination of maybe just some form of frustration or you know negative feeling that he had whenever someone in particular that he looked up to other than punk let him down. Like I took a look at this and I said, hot damn this dude. If he wasn't already one of the greatest of this generation, he just solidified it right there. Oh, I agree. Completely agree. And the funny thing was about this promo, uh, when I was, I had, I missed dynamite last night. So I was rewatching it. And of course, when his promo came on, I had playing the background. So the first time I was listening to this, just audio wise. So, Audio-wise, even though I knew it was MGF, I had to pause myself because I'm thinking to myself, okay, where's the shtick going to come? Where's the point where he's going to turn that attitude? Like, I'm intently listening. And then I rewatched it again and watched it. So this promo hits – it really hits on two different areas. If you're just listening to wrestling in the background, like you have it playing in the background, but you're not actually watching the promo, this is something that makes you stop – and per- and personally like pay attention to especially when he is talking about him having learning disabilities having to be part of football learning how high school kids especially everything that he said you can find an inch of relatability to it especially personally myself having played high school football in the past i've had experience being bullied by other members of the team i personally felt hurt when punk left wrestling uh because this pipe bomb pretty much brought me back into wrestling when I was sick and tired of it. Even though there was other avenues of wrestling to watch, like Impact, like TNA, Ring of Honor, I was just not interested because of how terrible WWE was during the 
2000s, I mean, late 2000s to early 2010s, to see Punk drop that promo and bring me back into it, and then having him leave three years later, that really did strike a nerve with me. And yeah, especially as a theater kid myself, it's not easy having to use your own personal like uh, past in order to draw up emotion. And and when and when Friedman said that he when he wanted to be in wrestling, he studied that he not only just watched matches, he studied promos because it ter- it goes back to the interviews I've listened to him be in, I've watched and listened from him. He said the same thing to when he was a kid. He would watch pro- when he was a teenager. He watched promos of old school classic wrestling. So to know that. MGF was coming in 100% as himself. I swear to God, if people were not sure, um, if, the, if everyone thought this was going to be one-handed towards Punk side, now I'm not even sure. Like this had come out with MGF getting, uh, being the first guy to get three wins over Punk and three wins over Jericho. Honestly, Punk. I mean, MGF could come, not only come out on top of this, looking like a star, but I would not be shocked after Revolution. He actually decides to challenge for the championship, but that's uh, that's on a future date. But this promo here, this justifies why him and Punk were paired up against each other last year at that start. Why it took so long to get that first match between the two of them in Chicago. When you were building a story like this, it worked out so well because him and Punk, they've had great back and forth. The first back and forth was just them like, Wagging disappointment at each other. The next back and forth was just the build up to their match. And now this one, this is making this match feel more important. Almost as, as important as the championships that's Allen Revolution. And this. And, uh, I'm going to say, I hate to cut you off, but that I think is the key. Like, I feel like this right here is the litmus test for how well MJF could be as a main event. Granted, I don't think any of us doubt his potential as a main event. I don't think any any of us doubt that. But I feel like this is them testing the waters to see, number one, can this guy get over, not just as a heel, but as a potentially sympathetic babyface against the guy who, aside from being in Long Island and going against MJF, is this is can MJF get over as a babyface on a guy who – the crowd will almost always see as the baby face because he just came back to pro wrestling. Not only that, but I also think this is the, the testing ground, if you will, for can MJF draw more interest right now when he's not the champion to a match, then he, if he can, that just means he's going to be able to draw that much more when we put the strap on. Agreed. That's one thing I like with AEW is that even though there are certain wrestlers I want to see with championships, when when the, the promo and the packaging they do around a wrestler for a match that's not for a championship, that's just for a feud, just brings me back to why I like why I love wrestling. That you don't need to be a champion in order to be the top star. No, absolutely not. And I'll tell you this: if a lot of people were hesitant to put their $50 down to buy the pay-per-view from Bleacher Report or from Fight TV or anywhere else, I guarantee you a lot of them are digging their wallets out right now because this match, this program, the feud that they've built around it, the promos, the entire build around this whole rivalry between Punk and MJF is money. 
All right. Well, I think that is just about going to wrap it up for this one. A little bit of a shorter episode this time around because, again, we did kind of cover something that's been covered ad nauseum. And, again, there's plenty of speculation we could do. There's a ton of ways that we could spin the whole Cody Rhodes thing. Oh, does he go back to WWE? Uh, did he only agree to do that because, you know, he wanted to run with a WWE title, you know, main event match at WrestleMania, X, Y, and Z, or did they, you know, make him work for it and say, you know, this is what we'll give you. You know, if you impress us, if you, you know, draw money, then we'll see what else we can do. We could do that all the live long day till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, we as professional wrestling fans, we prefer, yeah, do we enjoy some speculation from time to time? Sure. But we prefer to just watch things play out and see what the powers that be do with the cards that they are dealt. And based on what they present to us, then determine whether or not we think it's a good idea. Yeah. So, but I want to thank both of my co-hosts for joining me today. First of all, Ryan Payne. Ryan, thanks for being here, man. Where can the good people find you online? Well, everyone can definitely find me online. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, caramel underscore pain. Um, most of the time, I just use Twitter to just uh, promote or retweet, or you know, retweet certain issues that uh, I, that you know I'm personally tied to. But also, you can always message me about con- for con- if you if you want to have conversations. Uh, trust me, I'm not using Twitter just to spout out my thoughts every now and then. <laughs> All right, very very good. And of course, the one and only Brenton McPherson. Brenton, thanks so much for being here today, man. Where can the good folks find you? you can find me on Facebook, uh, Brent McPherson. Um, and just like Ryan, you know, if you ever just want to, you know, send me a message if you have a question about professional wrestling or if you just want to shoot the shit, I'm always there and always open to talk to, you know, new people and this, that, and the other. So, yeah. All right, all right, all right. And, of course, you can find me right here at Sheemanator Productions where we record the Wrestling Ramblings and Rages podcast. You can always find me there. Uh, you can also find the Wrestling Ramblings and Rages podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all of those good places. Go ahead and find us. Search for us. Wrestling Ramblings and Rages. You'll find us. Give us a like. You know, Leave us a nice little review. Five stars is appreciated. But, of course, go with your heart, not with just what we're begging for in this situation. But thank you, as always, for joining us, folks. It has been fun. We have rambled. We have raged. But in the end, it has all been for the love of professional wrestling and before we go we just want to send all of our heartfelt uh thoughts prayers uh you know well wishes and everything to any of our fans who may be listening in the ukraine uh it's a crappy situation uh that's going on right now but we're pulling for you hang tough uh hopefully things get better before they get worse all right well that is going to do it for us ladies and gentlemen we will see you guys next time and until such time hey ref ring the bell already